Welcome to the Wedding Film Academy podcast, your go-to source for learning to create stunning wedding films and run a successful business. Here's your host, Lumix Luminary and wedding filmmaker, Jordan Bunch. Hey everybody, before we start this show, I just wanted to let y'all know that we have a new really amazing Facebook group going. So if you look for Wedding Film Academy Facebook group, join that group. Also, if you have other friends in the industry, go ahead and add them to the group as well. We're really trying to build something that's centered around the idea of encouragement and and building one another up, uh, as well as giving others a, a leg up when they need it. And so one of the things that we're doing is we're going to do pretty close to a weekly film critique. So if you hop on over to our website, weddingfilmacademy.org, you can actually enter in to potentially have your film live critiqued by us on the Facebook group. And we have uh, several, several dozen that have been submitted. So uh, we can't get to everybody's right away because we're only going to do one week and we're having a ton of submissions. But we would love for you to submit one of your films over at WeddingFilmAcademy.org. And then definitely make sure you join the Facebook group so that you can know when your film is going to be judged live. So hop on over to that Facebook group and we will see you there. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wedding Film Academy podcast. Uh, today I have someone who I've been wanting to have on the show for a long time, Tyler Harrington. A lot of you probably know Tyler because Tyler is very active in the online community of wedding filmmakers. Tyler has his own podcast. He also is probably better known for his YouTube channel since he's been doing that a lot longer, uh, which is called The Harringtons. And The Harringtons, that's also the name of your wedding film company too, right? Yep. That's just uh, what we kind of put everything under. It's been a, like, a bit of an evolution to get to that name. Um, but yeah, so my wife and I, actually we do the business together. So together we are The Harringtons. We kind of wanted to leave it a little bit more open-ended so we could kind of progress and move into kind of whatever we want going forward. But uh, yeah, we are The Harringtons. Love it. Awesome. Well, Tyler, thanks for coming on, man. I'm, I'm excited to have you. Yeah, dude, I'm so excited. I've been uh, listening to the podcast since the very beginning, since you started it. And uh, I think that a wedding film-specific podcast is super great, super valuable to the community, and I'm happy to be a part of it. Awesome. Well, Tyler, uh, today we're talking all about education. We're continuing on with the series that we've been doing for a few weeks now on education. And the last two people that I had on the podcast, uh, Larry Marshall and uh, and Marshall Webb, two Marshalls, um, are both film school grads. And you are not a film school grad. And so this is going to be a very different conversation than the ones I had with the other two. So um, I'm actually, hey, look, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see I'm wearing my alma mater shirt today. Actually, I was a an ACU grad. I, like you, went a completely different path from my formal education at the university. So tell me about your formal education. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I have absolutely zero formal education when it comes to video stuff. Um, my background really is in photography. So I started taking photography classes way back when I was in high school, uh, kind of got, you know, started doing that in the dark room, all the sort of traditional photography things I did, you know, I was a photographer for the yearbook, my senior year, all those kinds of things. And when it came time to go to college, um, 
I have, I've always been a straight B student. I kind of strive for mediocrity in, in certain areas of life. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't have any certain subject that really stuck out to me that, as that I was passionate about or that I was really good at or anything like that. So when, you know, I was going to college and I was trying to choose a major, I was having a really hard time sort of deciding what I wanted to do. And I wasn't really thinking probably far enough ahead as far as, uh, you know, getting a job or a career or anything like that. It was kind of more in the moment of what I was passionate about or whatever. Um, so and I always kept coming back to photography as being something that I was really interested in and the one thing that I was actually passionate about from school. So when I went to college, I went to West Virginia University and I actually went in as a photojournalism major. Um, they told me that that was the only photography related major that they offered in the university, which I later found out not to be true. Um, they just didn't really know that much about the art department, I guess. So they told me that this was the only <laughs> photography path that I could take. Um, so I started taking these photography classes in as part of the journalism school and it just wasn't really what I wanted. Uh, There's only two classes that they actually offered as part of the entire major and I took both of them my freshman year and it was all pretty much a review. So I was in this class with all these, you know, it was a senior level class as a freshman and it was just very basic and very much a review of, you know, of things I already learned and it wasn't really pushing me and I quick, re quick quickly realized that there was going to be a lot more journalism than there was going to be photography. And that wasn't really what I wanted to do. Um, so sort of a long story short. So I was uh, involved in a Christian organization on campus. And as a part of that, I was doing certain graphic design things for them. And I was helping make, you know, slides for the and making different graphics and things like that. And I decided that, hey, this is something actually I enjoy, something I don't know a lot about that I want to pursue more. So I switched my major after three semesters from photojournalism to graphic design. Um, which was part of the art program, which was a whole new world for me because I'd never taken an art class in my entire life. So I was taking, you know, drawing classes and I had to take figure drawing and I was doing like sculptures and like doing all this random stuff. Um, but because I, I knew I wanted to do graphic design and as a through the graphic design program, uh, they have they actually did offer a lot of photography classes. So I ended up taking every photography class that I possibly could. And I actually had enough credits by the time I was all said and done to have a major in photography. Um, but I thought that it made more sense to have a major and I could only had to pick one and I thought it made more sense to have graphic design on my d diploma than photography. Um, so yeah, so that was kind of where like my photography that's, that's the only kind of tie in where it actually sort of all made yeah. sense. Um, and then along the way, while I was in college, I was always, you know, that guy, I was always the photographer, the guy with the nice camera you know, quote unquote, nice camera. It was like an XSI. Um, but yeah, so like a lot of people getting into weddings, I had a friend who, you know, was getting married. He couldn't afford a professional photographer. He knew I had a camera. So he said, hey, would you be interested in photographing my wedding? So I did. And this is where I think it ties in perfectly with the education that you're talking about. Uh, I spent so much time like hours and hours and hours researching and watching every YouTube video I could find about wedding photography and reading every blog that I possibly could. And I just really poured myself into learning everything I could about wedding photography. I already had a really solid foundation as far as like the technical side of things, you know, um, you know, getting good exposure and understanding how the camera worked. But I wanted to know everything I could about wedding photography. So I poured myself into that, shot that first wedding. And, you know, it went pretty well, all things considered. It wasn't a train wreck or anything like that. Uh, it's not the best work I've ever produced in my entire life. But 
considering everything that was going into that, it was ended up being pretty good. And then from there, it was just the perfect storm. I had a lot of friends who were, you know, graduating and getting married. And I was just, it was sort of this perfect season for me. Um, so everything kind of kept growing and growing and growing from there. Awesome. Yeah, I think a lot of people have some sort of a similar story of you did it for a friend and then it just kind of grows and grows and grows. Um, but I still, I love those stories because, um, you know, it's it seems to be that most people who get into this field almost do it by accident. Oh yeah, for sure. And and that's so much of what we're you know talking about in this series is that it it's not always this the standard path. You know, there may be a few people out there who are you know in high school and they're you know now seeing all this amazing content from wedding filmmakers and they're thinking, Hey, that's what I want to do with my career. I'm going to go to college and study film. But I think that's probably pretty rare. Um, I think for the most part, people kind of fall backwards into this career path rather than kind of pursuing a formal education route. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of friends right now actually who are in their early twenties and they actually, they, they found out in high school about, you know, the wedding photography or wedding filmmaking sort of world and dove headfirst into that. And they actually decided not to go to college. They said, you know, it would make more sense for me to take the money mm. out, invest in college, invest that into my business, invest it into either gear or going to workshops and online education and things like that and poured all of their, you know, time, heart, soul and money into their businesses. And now at the age of, you know, 22, they have these wildly successful businesses and they're doing, you're making tons and tons of money and they don't have any debt, you know, they're, and I mean, and there's it, the longevity of that will be interesting to see what happens when they're, you know, 35 and 45 and things like that. Um, cause they've already been in the industry for seven years and they're in their early twenties. Um, but yeah, I mean, and that's, that's a, com that's a completely valid route that some people could go as well. And I guess we can talk about, you know, do you need college to do what we do? Yeah, no, I think that that is awesome. I, I haven't heard too many stories like that. So I love that you have, because I do think that that is, that is, uh, going to be a big part of the future. You know, I mean, college is just getting stupid expensive yeah. in the time that I got to Abilene Christian, my freshman year to when I graduated with my master's degree. So it was a, <clears throat> it was a total of seven years for the two degrees or six and a half years. Um, the tuition price per hour had doubled in that six and a half years. And that and, was and how long ago? So I graduated, um, I, I got to school in 2005 and I was done with my master's in 2012. Yeah. And I'm sure even since then it's gone up significantly even more than that. Oh, yeah, I'm it's sure crazy. It it's just, it's astronomical. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's, uh, you know, six and a half years ago or so. Yeah. I'm sure it's quite a bit more expensive now. And it's like, you know, as a, as a young dad who has three kids, I can't even fathom what the cost of college education will be down the road. And we could have a whole, you know, sort of political discussion about how, uh, you know, universities have gotten so expensive, but, uh, I think most people already understand that. Um, but I do think it's really interesting this, you know, idea that people are actually coming to that conclusion themselves because, in my experience, you know, going to college in 2005 in, um, you know, in, in kind of the, the world that I grew up in, it was just, 
it's just common, it's commonly accepted that you were definitely for sure going to go to college. You know, like right. that was a given that you needed to go to college because that's what everybody does. You go to college and rack up a bunch of debt. Um, yeah, I never even thought are, twice about it. I never even considered there being another option. You know, it, and I grew right. up in you know, Northern Virginia, just outside of DC. It's a pretty well-off area. Um, so in my high school class, you know, I think every single person probably went to college other than maybe a handful who went to the military or something like that. But it was never even a question of, will you go to college? It was more of like, which college you're going to get into or like, how nice of a college can you go to? Those types of things. It was never a question of like, am I going to go to college? And I do think that is really interesting now with the rise of people like Gary Vee and all these other, you know, online educators and stuff like that. And Casey Neistat, you know, kind of pushing the envelope and saying, you know, it's, they're not saying that college is bad. They're just saying that you should consider why you're going to college, you know? And like I said, these friends that I have, instead of graduating, you know, they're the same age as people who are graduating from college, but instead of leaving, you know, entering this stage of their life, their mid twenties with a hundred thousand dollars in debt, they're entering it with a hundred thousand dollars in the bank and deciding, you know, like, okay, what am I going to do next? You know, cause they've been living at home for yeah. four years. Every, every dollar that they've made from the business, pouring it back into it or just saving it. And the, I mean, the trajectory of their life is significantly different than somebody who's got 30 years worth of, you know, debt payments ahead of them. So, yeah, I think it's really interesting how the, the society is slowly starting to change. Um, but especially, I mean, especially in the, in the industry that we're in, because no bride is ever going to come up to you and be like, well, I, you know, I really want to hire you for my wedding, but I need to know what kind of degree you have, what kind of grade you got in college. You know, that's just not, right. that's just not a conversation that's happening. And even with people who come to work for studios like mine, you know, my, my very first hire, my editor, I didn't even have a clue if he went to college. I found out much later that he didn't go to college and, right. you know, it didn't matter to me at all. What mattered was that he knew how to edit and edit quickly. And, you know, it's like we're coming to a place. And I think it's to some extent it's always been this way in in any creative field is that your portfolio matters a whole lot more than your degree. Mm -hmm. But it's becoming more and more that way um, with not just creative fields but with any field where, you know, like uh, I don't care if you got it. You know, if I'm if I'm trying to uh, you know have a company that builds apps, I don't care that you went to college to build an app. Like maybe you just um, you know took some coding classes on Linda, and you showed me these you know these games that you made for an iPhone, and I'm like, oh wow, that's awesome. You're hired. You know, right? Oh, for sure. So it's it's definitely an interesting discussion in general about education in the world that we live in you know i i was talking with um with a buddy of mine about you know just thinking about my kids in the future and you know one of this one of the standards has always been that you're saving for a college fund for your kids and i'm more thinking of like a like a blessing for my kids you know like i'm saving up um basically my plan is to buy um to buy some rental houses that can generate income now, but then, you know, when the time comes, I can offer it as, Hey, you know, if you really want to go to school, let's talk about that, but here's the money for that. Or how can we use this money to start a business for yourself? Or, you know, do you want to just live in this house or whatever? But thinking about it vastly different of, I'm not having the expectation, even though I had a lot of education, you know, I went all the way through my master's degree it's not my frame of mind that my kids need to go to college. 
Right. And, and especially in the way that industries are moving so quickly, you mentioned, you know, software development, app development, those types of things. I think that the film industry and design and web and all those types of things, they're moving too fast for colleges to keep up. Because I remember even when I was in college, which you know, I graduated in 2013, um, I, you know, I was learning how to use Dreamweaver to make, you know, Java <laughs> websites or whatever, you know, and even at yeah. the time I knew that it was outdated, but that was just the curriculum that they had, the textbooks that they had or whatever. And by the time a yeah. textbook gets written, approved, put into print, distributed, purchased, added to a course list, all those different things, it's already years out of date, you know? Um, and what's yeah. actually really interesting is I actually taught a class at, we have a a university here, Virginia Commonwealth University. I actually taught a class last semester. Uh, it was part of the PR track, but it was basically photography, video, and then multimedia. So things like blog posts and email lists and those types of things. Um, and so essentially it was like everything that we do to run our business and the kids, I mean, the students that I had in my class, they loved learning from me because I was teaching them things that I learned the week prior or that I, you know, I was learning yeah. right then and there. And that to them was just like mind blowing. And I'm like, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be that way. This should be the norm. You know, I would rather teach them how to host and run a podcast or how to make a YouTube video than I don't know, whatever else they've got in their like textbook from 10 years ago, you know, um, yeah, so it's just well, I think it's, it's moving so fast. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought about this earlier. Whenever you said you went to school and they said the only degree we have in photography is photojournalism, I'm like, well, photojournalism is dead, right? You know, I mean, uh, you in look the formal at any sense, newspaper. Yeah. yeah, you look at any newspaper across the country, and they've all canned their photojournalists. You know, in in replacement. They have, um, you know, they'll either hire people for particular jobs, freelancers who are making, you know, 50 bucks an image or something, um, or they're just grabbing people's iPhone photos that they posted on Instagram and Twitter. Right. Yeah. They're just like hashtag us and then they just pull from there and they've got free, free photos. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. So. Okay, so but I talked about okay, so I talked about my formal education, right? And I went to school for photography for graphic design with a lot of photography classes and stuff like that. Uh, so I think that those definitely benefited me in the long run. You know, by you want to start and run a business, and having that design background was super helpful for making business cards and websites and those types of things early on, and things you want to put on the blog and graphics and whatever. Um, and then the photography background definitely helped me. But the way I got into video um, is basically also kind of a roundabout way. Uh, but when I shot that first wedding, I decided that I needed a new camera because the XSI I had wasn't going to cut it. So I ended up saving up a bunch of money, kind of scrounging, you know, hustling my way to get a Canon 60D, um, which was the first DSLR I ever owned that shot video. Um, so after I shot this wedding, I was actually a friend of mine had asked me to DJ her wedding which basically just nice. meant running like running an iPod and I knew yeah. how to set up like this, the sound system. So I had to bring the sound system to the rehearsal dinner, set the whole thing up. And then I was supposed to run this playlist. But uh, because I had to go to the rehearsal dinner, I brought my new camera with me. And while I was there, I just, you know, shot a bunch of clips and I, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I can rack focus and I can do all these things. And I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. You know, I had the, you know, the kit lens and whatever else. Um, but yeah, so I just shot a bunch of shots around the rehearsal dinner, went home, threw it all into iMovie, put some explosions in the sky behind it and put that thing up on Facebook. And I remember the next day at the wedding, my buddy came out to me and he was like, dude, I saw that thing you posted on Facebook. It was really good. I was like, oh yeah, thanks man. He's like, yeah, dude, you should, you should charge for those. People would probably pay you at least a thousand dollars for something like that. In my mind, I was like a thousand dollars. I was like, oh man. I was like, okay, okay. So, yeah. um, 
so that's kind of so then uh, a friend from home her mom actually saw it the thing from facebook a few months later and reached out to me and was like hey my daughter's getting married next summer would you be willing to film the wedding um and like i said i was getting into photography at this time and i was starting to invest in some more equipment from a photography standpoint so i had bought a 5d mark three at this point and a few you know l series lenses and things like that um so i was like i don't know anything about filming weddings but i was like yeah sure like i'll i can figure it out so again so from the time that she asked me until that wedding in may or whatever I spent all of my time pouring into every tutorial I could find, watching probably every single still motion wedding film that they ever created um, and just doing everything I could to just research and learn and then start practicing and shooting and filming little things here and there and just like filming our Thanksgiving dinner and, you know, whatever, you know, all the different things I could do um, so that when I got to that wedding, I would be as prepared as humanly possible and the same kind of thing. It wasn't the best wedding film in the entire world, but it wasn't awful uh, because of all the work and preparation I put into it. And, you know, I invested in the right gear. You know, I bought a monopod and I bought a shotgun mic and, you know, I had just the right things to make it good enough to where people started, you know, wanting that from me. So then from that point forward, so that was in 2012, I think. Um, I started doing, you know, half my weddings every year were photography, half of them were video. And we kept that up all the way until last year. And last year, we finally dropped photo. Um, so then we were just offering offering video at that point. Um, but yeah, so like everything I know about running a business from like running a successful business and filming in general, filming, editing, audio, all that stuff. I've learned all of that from the internet. Yeah. I think that's awesome. And I think that is certainly for so many people, that is going to be the way of the future. That's, that's really the way that, you know, I'm, I'm sort of advocating that people invest their time because I'm, I'm just thinking about it in terms of, you know, dollars and cents of what makes sense in terms of your investment. I think so many people think about like, okay, what's going to college going to cost me. And they, they think about it as a much different type of investment as opposed to like, I think people are more inclined to be like, okay, I'm going to pay a hundred thousand dollars for college education. than there would be to like, say, I'm going to spend $2,000 to go to this conference. Right. Um, where I'm going to probably learn, uh, you know, even more and for more and better information in three days than I would in four years of oh, college yeah. education. Like I said, I just taught this college class and, you know, it was a once a week class and we met for, you know, three hours, but you're supposed to give them time to work in class and whatever. So when it's all said and done, the amount of teaching that I was doing across that 16 week class, you know, where, you know, a couple we had to miss for Thanksgiving or whatever, you know, they're maybe getting, I don't know, you know, 12, maybe 15 hours of like actual teaching. And then the rest of it is just sort of like working and figure it out on your own. You guys said you go to a good three day conference and you're getting way more than that, probably way more condensed and way more valuable and directly related to your life than you are in that entire class. And I don't know how much those kids paid for that class, but I guarantee you that it was a lot more than you're going to pay to go to some, some sort of conference. So yeah, I mean, online education is and even now, I mean, now it's leaps and bounds further than it even was in, you know, like I said, in 2013 when I was really getting started and figuring all this stuff out. So I think you're right. People view view those as different, but I don't think that they should. I think that the amount of content that you're getting for the amount of money, it's just, it's a, it's a steal. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's the other aspect of that that you brought up earlier too, that most people aren't thinking about because most people are valuing the college education as much higher value um, just because of sort of tradition and our culture 
Whereas I think the higher value is actually in learning from these online educators who are teaching you current information. Because like you said, technology and our industry changes at such a rapid pace that the university model just cannot possibly keep up with that um, unless there are drastic changes to that university model, you know? Right. So. And, and yeah, and I, I don't think that that's going to change. I mean, you, even hearing the other two guys that have spoken on this series so far, you know, talking about what they learned in film school and all those types of things, it's really weren't that long ago. The majority of what they mentioned is not applicable to this at all. And again, part of that right. has to do with knowing this is what you want to do. But even if you're somebody who, you know, you may be in your mid 40s and you've been out of college for over 10 years and you want to get into wedding filmmaking all the education is available to you right it's not like you need to go back to school to get a degree or whatever or like you said i mean you have a you have a degree in something completely unrelated as do i and but that education is still out there and it's still available for people and i think that i think people need to a like prioritize that i think people invest so much money in frivolous toys and things that they want Um, to make better wedding films, you know, whether that be, you know, drones or gimbals or sliders or whatever. Um, and they're focused so much on those things. And I mean, if you just look at any of these Facebook groups, you know, that's a perfect example. I mean, gear is the main priority of conversation, which I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a good gear talk, but I think that people are vest- investing so much of their time and energy in like figuring all that out, thinking that that's going to make a big difference. When in reality, it'd be much smarter to invest in some sort of a course or some sort of like business training or some sort of um, even something like a client management software is going to make a much bigger impact in your overall success as a wedding filmmaker than trying to figure out, you know, the, the absolute best lens or slider or whatever it might be. Absolutely. No, I think that's totally true. And you know, you're, you're sort of a testament to that because as much as you love gear and whatnot, you're using a pretty old camera and still making great stuff from it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we shoot with, I mean, uh, all of our, it feels like all of our stuff is pretty old these days. So yeah, we shoot with the C100 Mark II, a C100 Mark One, which C100 Mark One came out with seven years ago or something like that. You know, maybe right. five or six years ago. Uh, 5D Mark III, we're still using it as like our our B cam, a A6300, you know, none of the the stuff we have is like super new and modern. Um, And, you know, the lenses that I bought when I was in college and I was just getting started, you know, back in 2012, I'm still using those lenses. You know, I'm a firm believer in investing in uh, maybe not the best of the best, but investing in good quality stuff right up front as opposed to going sort of the cheaper route. So when I bought my Canon 50 millimeter 1.2 in 2012, you know, it, I'm still using that same lens today for 80% of my shots and it still looks amazing. I'm never gonna have to replace it. Um, and I think, so I think that there's, there's value, there's value in that in saving up and investing smartly in smartly in gear. Um, but yeah, the, the gear doesn't matter. I think people focus on that way too much and they think like, Oh, well, if I just, if my images were just a little bit sharper or if I had maybe better dynamic range or whatever, brides are going to see that and they're going to want to book me or, Oh, uh, the reason I'm not able to be as successful as this person I see on the internet is because, Oh, they have a better camera than me or, you know, this, that, or the other. We can get so caught up in this, this rat race of trying to get the best of the best gear and the best image possible when in reality, brides don't brides don't know the difference in any of that stuff that's all just competition between us and on these facebook groups um and i think the way that you run your business is has way more impact than the than the films that you make yeah and 
and so much of even making awesome films while I'm a huge gear advocate, everybody on the channel knows that, you know, I love my GH five. I'm crazy about it. Um, I think that, you know, the ability to tell a compelling story and to have really solid fundamentals, um, with shooting is so much more important than what gear you're using. And uh, one of my, my favorite examples of that is someone who's been on the show before, Sebastian Nandraka. I may have butchered his last name, mm -hmm. um, but a lot of people on here will know who I'm talking about there. He's from Super Weddings, um, but he has the most wild stuff you've ever seen. It's really off the wall. I think when I had him on the podcast, I, I told people, you're either going to love this or you're going to hate it, but you will recognize the genius that's within it, whether you love it or hate it. Um, and he is doing all of that. I think he's upgraded now to the GH5, but at the time he was doing all that on a G7, which at the time was a $500 camera. Right. And I think he had, you know, two different lenses he was using. So he was like rocking, like, you know, maybe a thousand dollars worth of gear right. and putting out videos that were blowing my mind. And, you know, like he would post them on the wedding filmmaker forums and he's blowing everyone's minds, you know. I mean, he would have some of the most commented videos ever, uh, and you know, amongst his peers, and he's doing it with a $500 camera. So, I think that you know, investing in something, and Sebastian, you know, does some education himself, he does workshops. So, how much more valuable would it be to go learn from someone like Sebastian, um, or you know, countless others? rather than spending that extra money, that extra, you know, $3,000 to go get the latest and greatest from, you know, Canon, Sony, Panasonic, whatever. Um, so I think there's just a ton of value in that. Yeah, it's, yeah, the, the camera does not matter. And especially today, the technology that we have is just insane what you can get out of these cameras. Like you said, even these sub thousand dollar cameras, which you used to have to spend, you know, hundred, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to get the quality um, you know, obviously like the 5D Mark II kind of revolutionized the filmmaking industry and, but even still, you know, what we have today is leaps and bounds ahead of that. So like you said, with $500 camera, you can make something that is good enough. And I think that that for some people just needs to be okay. And then focusing on all the other aspects. And then once you figure all that stuff out, then you can kind of come back and then you can really hone in and refine and know like exactly what you need to tell the stories that you want to tell. And that's the thing too. I think that sometimes people just buy stuff because they see somebody else using it or because of whatever. When in reality, like it's all about what's priority to you and your style and how it's going to work best within your shooting style. And I don't think you can figure that out until you've kind of been in it and been doing it for a while and knowing what is valuable to you, what's important to you and what's going to enable you to tell the best stories and then buying the gear that works for you. Like, so for me, that's why I love the C100s because I love to have a very, I like the ability to have the technically precise image. I love the built-in ND filters, long battery life, all those different things. Those are things that are valuable to me. Whereas some people that's less valuable, like I'm, obviously the C100 doesn't shoot 4K. So, but I don't, I personally don't care as much about 4K, but if you do, then you shouldn't buy the C100 because obviously that's not going to work out for you. So it's all about figuring out what's best for you and, and kind of learning, learning yourself, learning your style, learning what's going to set you apart in the industry, and then equipping yourself with the tools you need to make that happen. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Is running your business taking away from the time that you have to make better wedding films? Do you feel disorganized? What happens when a hot lead goes cold after your first email response? Do you have a system in place to stay in contact with them? Do you find yourself asking, where was that bride's phone number again? And have they paid their invoice or not? Which package do they get and what are their deliverables? How organized are your financial records when it comes to tax time? Wouldn't it be awesome if you could afford forty dollars or $50,000 to pay someone to take care of all this extra stuff for you? I've got an idea. How about you sign up for 17 Hats and pay just $300 a year to let their amazing online software take care of all of this for you? Before I got 17 Hats, I was buried in a sea of unorganized emails, spreadsheets, bank statements, receipts, sticky notes, Google Docs, and more. I was letting hot leaves go cold because I couldn't remember who to stay in contact with. I was spending weeks trying to get my tax records organized for my accountant. It was awful. And now I pay 17 hats, just $300 a year, and they do all of that for me. It's like having a full-time assistant working around the clock on your business, making sure that everything is organized, invoices are paid on time, and making you look like a real pro to your clients. And now, 17 hats is giving you an amazing offer. When you use the link at the top of our website, weddingfilmacademy.org, You'll get 15% off the list price, and it's a great way for you to help keep us making great content each week for you. If you want to learn more about 17 Hats, go back in the archives and listen to the podcast that we did with them. We actually got to chat with the CEO and one of the VPs of 17 Hats for an hour. So definitely go back and listen to that podcast as well if you want to learn more. Thanks a ton. Let's get back to the show. Um. So I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about your YouTube channel because the Harringtons is not just a wedding filmmaking company anymore. You're also an educator in the space. So talk to me about how you kind of got into this education space. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so the YouTube thing sort of came about almost as an accident. Uh, I love watching YouTube and I you know consume a lot of YouTube content. And it's, I started just uploading sort of on a whim. I just had a few things I was interested in, things I wanted to talk about. And I didn't really think much of it at the very beginning. Um, but kind of the my view on education, on online education especially, has changed a lot because uh, one of the other things that we do aside from making wedding films is we help uh, make courses for photographers, mostly photographers and and things like that. So we've been helping and kind of being in this education world um, and seeing it and seeing what they're able to do and the amount of money they're able to make and just the amount of reach they're able to have through online education. Uh, and that really sort of inspired us to say like, okay, yeah, like there's a lot of people doing this in the photography world. There's not a whole lot of this in in the video world. And obviously you've got some of the kind of the OGs, you know, Ray Roman, Rob Adams, Still Motion, those types of guys. Um, but it's, and then, you know, Craig Adams from Wedding Film School, I feel like it's the first person who kind of took this idea and brought it, brought it to YouTube. Um, but, you know, Craig and I, we have very different styles, very different sort of approaches to different, different things, which is what, you know, the beauty of wedding filmmaking is there's lots of different ways to do it. So I, that's kind of what inspired me to start posting things to YouTube and sharing my experiences and, and things like that. And a lot of it comes out of just like a natural love for explaining things and uh, teaching and, and those types of things. Um, but yeah, so it started off as just kind of some simple YouTube videos, starting to see some traction from those. Um, and then we actually offer right now, we have two courses that we've done and that we offer 
Uh, one is called Mastering the Wedding Day, and that's more focused on sort of like the technical side of shooting um, and just everything that goes into the wedding day itself. And then we have another one called the uh, the Business of Wedding Filmmaking, which goes into everything business side. Uh, so basically, it's kind of just us just sharing our how we run our business, the processes that we use, our client experience, all those different things. Um, but yeah, so we're just, it's been something that I'm, I'm passionate about, partially because like I said, I learned everything I know from the internet, wanting to give back in that way. Um, but also just finding that I have, uh, it's something that brings me joy and something that I feel like I'm relatively gifted at to be able to explain things in a relatively um, simple way that people can understand and that people are, are you know, responding positively to that. Hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Tell me about that, that response, because I think, you know, we've sort of had this, this conversation about, um, you know, online education versus, you know, uh, university education. What's, are you, are you seeing that shift take place through your own education channels? Are you, you getting like, you know, some great responses to that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that, um, there's lots of different options out there and it depends really on how you like to learn and, and what things again are important to you. Um, and I think that coming from the photography world, we have a bit of a unique uh, outlook, especially when it comes to like business and sort of just the way that we run certain things that we've pulled a lot from the way that we've seen other photographers and sort of like when I was getting started in the business and we were developing these processes and our client experience and those types of things, we took a lot of the inspiration and we kind of learned from these really great photographers. Um, and we came to the, the filmmaking side and we sort of realized that a lot of those things weren't as prevalent in the wedding filmmaking industry. Um, whether that be the fact that, you know, the, uh, it, photography is primarily female dominated, whereas video is male dominated. Some of those differences, you know, we kind of just started noticing these things. Um, so that was part of it is just noticing like, hey, there's, you know, there's a lot of education out there, when, you know, people talking about gear and this and that or whatever, not a whole lot talking about, you know, client experience and running a business and everything that goes into that from sort of like a non-technical standpoint. Um, so that was part of it. And then just sort of, so part of wanting to teach like our different approach to things, how we, how we think about things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think if, you know, the, the responses have been good. I, I personally feel like I work better in more of like a one-on-one -on -one type of environment. So I love, sure. like, so I love being involved in the Facebook groups. You want to answer people's questions individually, kind of help them think through things. Um, my brain is definitely very logical and very sequential in that way. Um, uh, but yeah, and then YouTube, I mean, a lot of our most popular videos are gear related just because that's kind of what hits the algorithm in, in the best way. Um, but yeah, I mean, and it's, it's always fun to see comments and see people interacting and finding things beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you also recently started a podcast. So, you know, our listeners are obviously fans of podcasts yeah. what's what's sort of the plan with uh with the podcast because that's pretty new right yeah so i started the podcast back in january uh the podcast is more of a pet project than anything else uh i really started feeling a little bit burnt out on just doing you know lots of editing lots of shooting just you know wedding because you know when you're doing youtube stuff about wedding films and you're doing all these different things i, don't know, I just wanted something a little bit different for myself my personality and for my brain and I am super passionate about technology. Like I said, I watch a lot of YouTube and I consume a lot of podcasts about tech and, and things like that. And I guess I, I also found that I had a lot of people 
in my life who would call me with technical questions and they'd want, you know, me to help explain X, Y, and Z to them or whatever it may be. So kind of all these different things kind of muddled together and just after listening to so many podcasts and thinking, hey, I could probably do something similar to this, I decided to start it. And it's more right now, it's more just, a, like I said, a pet sort of side project, sort of a fun outlet for me to be creating something that isn't video, that isn't necessarily, you know, wedding related, um, but still kind of helps me, you know, scratch that creative itch and be able to create something and put something out there. Um, but yeah, it's called Ty's Tech Line, if anybody's interested in checking it out. Uh, as of right now, it's been a lot of people sort of in the wedding industry, just sort of by happenstance, because I kind of wanted to start with a lot of my friends, uh, just to kind of get everything up and off the ground. Um, but, you know, Larry Marshall, who you had on here, I think two episodes ago, he just, you know, he was just on the podcast. We had a good long gear chat. If anybody wants to go check that out, if they want to hear us nerd out on uh, on film stuff for a while. Um, but yeah, it's just, a, it's a fun fun endeavor and I also you know I love the tech involved so I wanted to you know research all the mics and the interfaces and the editing and all the different stuff that goes into it yeah awesome so here's a here's another kind of another kind of shift in the conversation but um as far as like your own continued education you know you mentioned that you're really um you know, once you got those first gigs, the the wedding photo gig and the wedding video gig, that you just sort of poured yourself into, um, you know, online education for those things. Is that sort of where you see yourself in the future is just, you know, as far as continued education, just kind of staying active online? Um, are you interested in other forms of education in person? Uh, what, what's kind of like, you know, because we're always in a changing field, I think, continuing to stay on the forefront of that is, is critical. And I know you understand that, uh, quite well. So what's thinking about the Harrington's wedding film business, what are you doing now? And then sort of thinking about the future and, um, in order to stay on top of, on top of your game. Yeah, that's, that's an awesome question. Um, I, yeah, I do think you always need to be constantly learning and constantly staying on top of trends and, um, you know, always constantly trying to improve. And that's all, like the number one thing is at this point, just always trying to improve with every single wedding film, uh, you know, no matter what, trying to make, you know, figure out new different techniques and things like that. And I think learning can come from lots of different places. Um, you know, one of the primary places I mentioned, you know, was like still motion. And then I watched the Ray Roman creative live. Like when I was first getting started, those were really great places to sort of um, get a lot of that foundational information and, you know, things that were very wedding specific. But even now, you know, I have a movie pass. So I try and go see a bunch of different movies. And obviously, uh, sometimes I just go to just enjoy them. But at the same time, I'm also trying to look at it in a way of like, okay, let's look at the light, let's look at the framing, let's, um, mm -hmm. let's really be intentional about watching this movie and figure out, okay, what can I take from this? And how can I apply this to wedding films or, you know, editing techniques or how they may have, you know, shifted the story around or whatever, just trying to take all those little things and sort of apply them um, to weddings and, and things like that. And then I also think that being involved in the Facebook groups and um, the you know online community is a really great way of sort of staying up to date on things and learning and, and paying attention. And I think you just have to have the mindset of, you know, I don't know everything. I, I always have things to learn and kind of go in with an open mindset. Um, and being an educator, like a quote unquote educator in this space is always a really interesting position to be in because... Um, I feel like people kind of like look up to you and kind of put you on like a different 
um, level, but that's not necessarily where I want to be. You know, I don't want people to think that like, oh, I know everything and oh, everything I say is right and everything you say is wrong or like, I can't learn anything from you because you've only been in business for two years. I've been in business for five years or whatever. You know, nothing. it's not like that at all. I think everybody needs to have the attitude of like, hey, I'm here to learn. I'm here to grow. I'm here to become better. And I'm open to the fact that there may be different ways of doing things or better ways of doing things or whatever. Um, and that my opinions on things, you know, obviously are my opinions and are, can be valid in certain circumstances, but that doesn't mean that they can't change. So I think staying active in those groups, having a good mindset going into them and just really paying attention to like what people are talking about and what sorts of conversations are out there and how you can learn, you know, valuable lessons from other people and and, and those types of things. And also being willing to admit like, hey, I messed up. Like I made a mistake. Um, I'm not perfect. You know, this isn't always, you know, I mean, though I, you know, teaching about how to have redundancy for audio at a wedding this year, we, we didn't do that. And it came back to bite us, you know, and being able to learn from those things. And yeah, we could be, turn that into a video or or some sort of educational moment for other people. But being willing to learn from other people in the industry, not necessarily just the like, quote unquote, educators. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's critical. I think that's why, I mean, for, for me in that, that's so much of why I started this podcast was not just to, um, sort of have a platform for myself to be an educator, but to hear from all the, you know, the vast array of voices of people who are not even trying to be an educator necessarily, but are just making awesome wedding films or running a killer business and having those people on because we can learn so much just from a conversation with other people um, about how they're doing things differently. You know, I have, I see quite often on the different forums uh, when there's a discussion that happens, someone else will post a link to, you know, one of the archived podcasts that we've done where they're referring to something else that one of the filmmakers um, who we had on, um, you know, talked about something related to that that was really helpful for them. And there are people who are not otherwise doing any sort of education, but uh, that's what I love about this interview style of podcast is being able to learn not from me, but from the community. And I think that's just been, um, you know, a great asset to me, um, you know, to, to further and continue um, the growth of my business, but, but I know to, to so many others. So I think just that, that community aspect of education, I think is critical. And it's, it's why I'm so active on the Facebook forums and why I'm really excited about the, the community of learning that's happening on the new wedding film Academy group. Um, that's happening in a pretty positive way, which is fairly unique to Facebook. You know, Facebook, uh, most of the other, a lot of the other wedding forums, um, you know, there's, there's some good, there's a lot of good there and there's a lot of, uh, ne negativity there as well. So, so far, you know, cross our fingers for, um, <laughs> you know, doing a pretty good job of keeping it, keeping it light and friendly, but also, um, really, um, helpful, uh, to people. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it comes down to the attitude, right? Like the attitude you have going in, what you're, you know, being able to put things in, get things out and being able to willing to take criticism is not the right word. Being able to like, again, going in with this mindset of like, All right, I just want to be better. I want to be a better wedding filmmaker, whatever that means. I'm willing to say that I don't know everything. And I want to go in here with like an open mind. And that's not obviously saying that the way that 
one person does it is 100% right or whatever. But if you can go and you can take a little bit from this person, a little bit from that person, like, oh, I never thought about it that way. You know, you're kind of like pulling all these different things. And that's how, I mean, that's where how we've gotten to where we are in our business today. I didn't come in necessarily and like copy the still motion business model and their films verbatim or whatever. You know, you're not, there's no way you can kind of come in and do copy somebody but you know pulling okay i love the storytelling aspect of this and i love the way these people have approached this and maybe this new technique from this person or i never thought about audio in this way you know and always wanting to learn always wanting to to be growing if you have that mindset i think that's kind of the key to success in this industry is just you know always striving to be a little bit better every single day and eventually you know over time you know you're going to start seeing vast improvements. You know, even I look back at films I made a year ago today and I'm not embarrassed by them, but I'm like, man, I have gotten so much better or like things have changed so much since then. Um, and, you know, I've been doing this for, I don't know how many years, you know, five, six years now. So, yeah. And I, I do think, I think that the Wedding Film Academy Facebook group is definitely um, doing a great job at, you know, trying to stay positive and those types of things. It'll be interesting to see. It's I feel like it's as it's a growth thing. Like as we get bigger and bigger and bigger, it'll be interesting to see if we can kind of maintain that. Um, but I'm hopeful, hopeful that we can. And something I've actually wanted to talk to you for a while about, Jordan, is I think that figuring out some way to bring this online community into like a real life sort of event or space or something like that would be really awesome. You know, um, I know that last year at WPPI, a lot of you guys met up and, and hung out and there was a group of you. Um, but I think if some sort of like an in-person event where we can all just like meet in real life and talk and, and do whatever um, would feel really great for just kind of like camaraderie and community. And I think that once you start realizing that everybody in there is a real person with, you know, like real yeah. feelings and real, you know, a real life and a real family and whatever, yep. that um, our interactions might start to shift just a little bit um yeah but yeah, i do i do think that the positivity is definitely much needed in the in the industry well uh you know i don't want to say too much about it but there are certainly plans uh in motion for for good, an in-person good, good. meeting that i think could be super awesome um and so uh you know no no commitments on on dates or anything yet um sure, you sure, know, sure. it is it's it's like uh you know, it's over a year away. I'll say that much. Um, okay. Because Keep your eyes uh, out, people. we're going to, we're going to make sure that we do it right. So, uh, so it's going to take quite a bit of planning, especially being our first go at it, but it is definitely phase three of the wedding film Academy. So, uh, all right. um, phase, phase two is, um, is quickly coming upon us, which I'm super excited about. Um, we'll be talking about that here pretty soon. But phase three is definitely an in-person gathering. And so um, we, we do have sort of micro gatherings that happen, um, yeah. whether it's, um, you know, I'm going to in a couple of weeks, I'll be in Seattle. So if any of our listeners are in Seattle, feel free to reach out to me and let me know. Um, I'll be teaching at PhotoFest in Seattle. I'm doing two classes there. Uh, one is a wedding cinematography crash course. And the second one is called Not Your Dad's Home Videos. So I'm just kind of teaching people how to do really nice. cool home videos. Um, and that, that class is definitely more meant for um, photographers. very entry-level video or for photographers. Mm -hmm. um, but the wedding cinematography class, I think, would be helpful to people of any skill set, whether you're just beginning or you're more seasoned. But, uh, you know, maybe you'll just pick up a couple of nuggets. I think as we grow um, in our, in our fields and we become, you know, uh, 
more skilled, uh, more knowledgeable. The conference has become more about getting these small nuggets that can be revolutionary to us. And so if you're really skilled, you know, maybe a lot of it will be sort of a refresher for you. Um, but you'll certainly come away with, um, a nugget or two that could, that could change how you shoot or how you run your business. So could be helpful to you in that regard. And then there's, you know, events like you mentioned, like WPPI, um, we're, we're doing a lot of, uh, we're partnering in a lot of ways with, with Shutterfest for 2019 to talk about how we can make that a better, better gathering for wedding filmmakers. But down the road, I think having a event that is specifically for, Wedding and event filmmakers um, could be super cool and something that we definitely want to do and have begun having conversations with um, some people who can help make that happen for us. So we are excited about that. Again, no no promises on dates or anything, but uh, but the conversations are happening with the right people to make it happen. So Yeah, I think that's great. And I think that the more that we can kind of build up this uh this community of wedding filmmakers and help to grow that like the camaraderie and those types of things. So we can get to a point where like our goal ultimately is to lift everybody up so that we're able to make better wedding films, better businesses, those types of things that's better for everybody. So the more that we can do that, and I think you're helping facilitate that definitely the more that I think we'll see a huge boom and a huge growth in just wedding filmmaking in general. And I think it's already starting to happen. You know, the the way that brides are treating wedding films and sort of the way that wedding filmmaking is, you know, on the up and up and on the rise. I think that that it's great. But I think the more that we can all kind of like band together and all be on the same page and as far as, you know, pricing and quality and all those different things, it's just gonna be better for everybody. So I'm excited for that. I'll, I can't wait to see that. And again, it comes down to people need to realize that, you know, investing in those types of things is worth it it is valuable and it is yeah. not a frivolous thing it is not a, a waste of money it is you know something it's it's kind of intangible but it's an it's a benefit for your business that will reap benefits going down going forward the um, beyond any any piece of gear ever could so i'm excited for that i can't wait absolutely yeah and if people are looking for something that they could sign up for now um i will also be teaching at the wedding film retreat that um yeah you know uh, sarah and rick pendergraf are putting on they, they're um, i think they've been on the show three or four times now mm-hmm. um uh, really incredible wedding filmmakers but that is going to be down in puerto vallarta and uh it's going to be a beautiful place it's going to be a, a cool mix of education and retreat um, because we're we're going to have this great retreat center right on the ocean and uh, it's going to be pretty spectacular. So if you're looking for something that you could sign up for now, I believe it's in February of 2019. Um, that's going to be a pretty awesome in-person workshop that's specifically for wedding filmmaking. So check that out, Wedding Film Retreat. Um, I'm sure if you just Google that, you'll find what you're looking for. Yeah, that looks like a lot of fun. I've seen um, some of the po- stuff they posted about the the previous ones that they've done. And that just looks like, yeah, I mean, that's the dream right there. You're hanging out with a bunch of wedding filmmakers, flying drones and learning about learning about and talking about wedding filmmaking. It sounds, can't really beat that. And this one is in, where is, is that in Puerto Mexico? Puerto Yeah, Mexico. Yep. So. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't, you can't beat that. You know, you're in a tropical place doing all these things. It's 
it's pretty awesome. Yeah, and if anybody, I mean, so for us, education-wise, if anybody's interested in, you know, what we've got to offer. So if you go to our website, we've got a whole section on our website just for filmmakers. So obviously the YouTube channel is a great place to start for some free stuff. We have a bunch of free downloads um, that you can get a few different like, you know, PDFs and um, things like that. Our most popular one is our same day edit guide. Um, just kind of walking through our process of how we make a same day edit for every single wedding that we do a little one minute sort of teaser that we show the bride and groom before we leave the wedding, which are always uh, super popular. And then like I mentioned, we have those two courses, um, which are also on there if anybody's interested in those. And yeah, I mean, those cost money and they're, they are an investment, but like, like we talked about the, the, th- 150 bucks or whatever I spent on the Ray Roman workshop six years ago has reaped many, many more benefits beyond the $150 I invested. So um, I think that there's definitely value to those things that we have on our website as well. If you're interested in those um, or again, also also a lot of free stuff too. So go check us out theherritons.com and check out the filmmaker section. Awesome. Very cool. Well, thanks again for for coming on. This has been spectacular. I think it's a really helpful conversation for anybody who is, you know, whether you're in that space of you're about to go to college or you're in college now or you're just sort of, um, you know, you went a different path, but now you, you really want to learn more. Or even if you're, you know, you've been doing this for 20 years and you just need to be able to, to you know, continue to evolve as a, as a filmmaker, as a business owner so critical to invest in your education. So I thank you for your contributions, not just on this episode, but all your contributions online on the Facebook forums and on your YouTube channel. And now with the, with the podcast and, uh, best wishes to you and that new endeavor. Sounds like fun. Yeah, of course. Thanks Jordan. Thanks for having me. It's been uh, great to be here. Awesome. The wedding film Academy podcast is produced by Taylor Juarez. If you found this episode helpful, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show and help us out by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. And when you're done, head on over to WeddingFilmAcademy.org to chat with our other wedding filmmakers like yourself in the comments section. Until next time, keep making movie magic.